This is Reverend Michael Bruno of Abba Ministries, and I'm so excited that you've joined me, uh, whether it's by YouTube, whether it's by video, whether it's by CD. I tell you, we have, uh, honestly, a series called Narcissism in Today's Society. I believe, without a doubt, it will be one of the most informative, one of the most significant messages that you have ever heard in the context of your own life, those you love, and in the context, really, as an intercessor, which we all should be, in regards to destroying the devil's strategies for the last days in which we're in. I know that's strong. And I'm somebody that is uh, <clears throat> very conservative in the sense of, you know, I, I hear people all the time, God told me this, this, and, and that. But I'm here to tell you something. This message is going to be unlike any message, very possibly, that you have ever heard. Go with me, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 1. This is in the context of the definition of narcissism. Perhaps you've never heard this definition. Perhaps you have heard it many times. Either way, your, your life is going to be changed in the context of what we're going to talk about. Someone that's narcissistic, a community that's narcissistic, an organization that's narcissistic, a nation that's narcissistic, it can bring destruction in a way like nothing else can. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, the Bible says, In the last days, evil will be seen as good. Good will be seen as evil. The Bible also shares that in Ephesians 6, the devil has strategies, specific strategies, to destroy you as an individual, to destroy your family, to destroy your community, to destroy your nation, to destroy your world. And the Bible says that Issachar, knew the signs of the times. I'm here to tell you something. What we're going to unveil in this series is the primary strategy that the devil is already in vogue and using to destroy more lives than anything else. It's something that most people don't understand. Many are turning an really just a blind eye to it. <clears throat> but I'm going to say this again. I believe biblically it is the primary strategy of the devil in these last days in which we live. A narcissist is somebody that enters into a realm of egotism, elitism, where they are really the cornerstone of their own lives. They are their own God. And you say, well, you know what, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people, but, you know, and they may have a struggle with egotism, or they may have a struggle with this. I'm here to tell you something. There's a spirit to narcissism that's overtaking our nation and the nations of the earth. People are entering into this spirit in a way. They're abusing their own children. They're, 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 they're destroying life before it begins in a way that has never happened before. They're entering into a place <clears throat> that they can watch pornography and not even think it's wrong and then have a generalized to their own life in the hurting of children. It is so prevalent in marriages that I believe it is the number one reason for divorce among Christians and non-Christians in America where the divorce rate is over 50%. If you want to get to the devil, you got to get to the root. You have to curse the root of the tree. To get the fig tree to be destroyed, you don't deal with the leaves, you deal with the root. 
We're here to deal with a root that can save your marriage, that can save your children, that can save your life, that can save your nation. We're not here to play church. We're here to enter in the strategy of the devil that's causing certain organizations to rule that are demonic, that you might even know that you, you have no idea what they entail. We're going to expose, but more than that, we're going to let Jesus come and purge us of anything that would be equated with this spirit of narcissism. You want to read about narcissism? Let's read about it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. I've been counseling for 40 years. I've never seen anything like this spirit of narcissism in the context of prevalency. It is something that is just taking over so many lives. And you might even not even know it. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, but realize this. This is the word of God. Realize this. That in the last days, difficult times will come. And here's why. It says, four men will be lovers of themselves more than anything or anyone else. Now I'm here to tell you something. This is written to Christians, man. What's in the world will get in the church. There's a spirit of narcissism in the church, especially among the leadership and the context of prevalence in a way that no one could even comprehend. It says again, realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come for Men will be lovers of self. That includes women as well, of course. When you see the word for, you ask yourself, what's the for? What's it there for? When someone's a lover of self, egotistical, elitist, I guarantee you, <clears throat> they will be the source of your difficulty, of your troubles, because with it is a spirit of murder. It's a spirit that will try to destroy you, your family, and your society. Demonic spirits will enter into people through the spirit of narcissism. I know it's strong, but let's keep reading. For men, society will be lovers of self. No, this is first. Lovers of money and the sense that they will put money and success before anything else. Boastful. Listen to me. Arrogant. Revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, covenant breakers, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such as these. For among them are those who enter into households, and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to become to the knowledge of the truth. They always say, I'll do this, I'll, I'll do this, but they never make a decision to repent. And it says, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, <clears throat> so these men also oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind rejected as regards the truth. But they will not make further progress for their folly will be obvious to all. I, that's why we're doing this series. But you follow my teaching. It says, uh, Paul's talking about purpose, faith, patience, love, 
perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings, which is the antithesis, really, of a narcissistic spirit, such as happened amid Antioch. And it goes on to say that all who lived, want to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men, imposters, will proceed from bad to worse. That's not a bad condition. Uh, that's a word of God. Deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things of rottenness. And it goes on to say that all scripture, glory to God, is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The reason that this chapter ends on this note in the context of those who are narcissistic as they will negate the word of God as being the life source. They will negate absolutes so they can be their own God and so they can be your God. They don't only want to be a God unto themselves. They want to be your God. They want to control you in governmental positions. They want to control you in churches. They want to control your marriage. <clears throat> Mm, they want to control because it's not enough for them to be their own God. Listen to me. They want to be your God. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you examples. I, I, I tell you, it's going to make your hair stand on end. But it will cause you to enter into a place of discernment in these last days where you understand the strategies of the devil. It's amazing. A Gallup did a survey recently. And in America, it was specific to the state of California. And they asked a simple question, who is God? Just 20 years ago, over 80% of people said Jesus Christ. Now the majority of people said they were God. You're not going to tell me that there's, a spirit of, that there's not a spirit of Antichrist in the world. The Bible says that the devil himself rebelled against the Most High God and said, I am God. I am like the Most High. I will be worshipped like the Most High. I will control the Most High. This spirit under the auspices of narcissism and individuals regarding marriages, we're going to look at how the spirit of narcissism is the number one reason for divorce in America. And worldwide. We're going to look at why so many people are leaving the faith in this context. I, I can't tell you how much the devil hates what you're hearing now. Alright, let's elaborate on it. Alright, there's so much. Some of the traits, again, of a, a man that's narcissistic or a woman that's narcissistic <clears throat> are shared in second in the chapter, third chapter of 2 Timothy 3. When we look at 2 Timothy, we're going to look at the book of Jude. We're going to see the foundation of the last days and how Antichrist will come and why so much destruction will take place. Someone that's narcissistic is manipulative, deceptive, always causing you to need him, even when he's a source of harm to you. I can't tell you how many marriages right now are being destroyed by narcissism. And there's a, usually it's the man that's narcissistic. 
It could be the woman as well. But it's amazing how a man will enter into a place through the flesh, the world, and the devil in the sense of keeping his wife down. He won't let her make more money than him. He won't let her have a, a, a job that's better than him. He's always got to be the one in control, always the one that, that is uh, first and foremost. She always has to be second. And what is amazing to me, over and over again I see this. Uh, uh, somebody, uh, they're a surgeon. They're an amazing doctor. The woman is. She married a man that, to be quite honest with you, he couldn't hold a job of his life dependent on it. But yet he's got her thinking that she's the problem. He's got her thinking that she's stupid. How can somebody be a surgeon honestly think that they are lacking in mental capacity and, and academic excellence. This is what a narcissist will do to you. So many people are in relationships, in marriages, in churches, in friendships, where they are being dominated, controlled by a narcissist, and they don't even know why. But they are, mm, Jesus... But the key is that, you see, the narcissist always wants to be in control of you. The narcissist, I, I was in a church in New Jersey. And, and I tell you, there's red flags to this. I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> I was in a, 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 a sitting in a, a man that's uh, over about 50 churches in a very good denomination. He looked at me. And he said, Pastor Michael, what's going on? He said, I've got so many pastors under me. They're under me. And he said, they are destructive. He said, they're predisposed to sexual sin. They are people of manipulation. And uh, <clears throat> I said, well, I was just in a church in New Jersey. And I know the head pastor is a man of God. And uh, the assistant pastor, and, and I had, uh, well, let me just share the scenario. Uh, there was a woman, very pretty uh, lady, and she's pregnant. And uh, he literally lifted up her, uh, she was pregnant about seven months, lifted up her, uh, what she was wearing in the context of, you know, being pregnant, and put his hand on, on her belly. And so I won't pray for this baby. I almost threw up. You know, I, I, honestly, if I was in the flesh, I, I would have choked the man. He had no right. And, and I, I told the uh, head pastor and we dealt with it. But the bottom line is this. Why was he doing that? Well, one, he's a man of lust. Second, he's a man of elitism that thinks he's entitled to have control over this woman. And third... He is bound and led by spirits of elitism, of entitlement, of egotism. And a woman, you could tell she could, but she didn't say anything. She didn't talk to her husband about it. I've had people share these scenarios with me over and over and over again in counseling sessions. You say, that's hard to believe. 
I see to you it's hard to believe that you don't understand that this goes on every day. This man was narcissistic. This man wanted to control her. This man really felt that she would not resist him. Her husband would not resist him. The pastor would not resist him for fear of what, what would people think. But in this instance, he was wrong. But most instances, he's not. I'm not here to play church. I, I do sexual abuse counseling every day. Every day. From, we have a special room for kids under nine years old. And the number one reason they're abused is because of this spirit of narcissism. Many times by their own dad. This spirit is ruling. And many times it's very deceptive. Very deceptive. Mm. It's doctors. It's lawyers. It's, it's church leaders. But they will make you as the problem. The narcissist, whether in a marriage, whether in a relationship, whether in a church, they will always make you the problem. Whew. Nebuchadnezzar came to a place where he acted like God. He had images that he wanted people to fall down to. He was warned by God in a vision. That was interpreted. I mean, he saw himself with, you know, in a, in a degraded fashion, just like a dog. And the prophet said to him, repent. But he did not. God's crying out right now to the perpetrator, the one that, that's in a, a place of narcissism. Shh. I'm going to give you examples after example after example. And that dream came to pass, but God was merciful to him. Jezebel operated under a narcissistic spirit. She loved to control. She loved to be exalted. She was an elitist. What's it mean to be an elitist? It means to think that you are better than somebody else. It means that you have a uh, really a spirit that, that really says, I am above. It's just like the devil. I'm going to say something now you might not like. In the book of John, Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He said, you're just like your father, the devil. They said, man, Abraham's our father. Jesus said, the devil's your father. He's a murderer from the beginning, and you're just like him. And you're trying to kill me. It was a spirit, a narcissistic spirit that was the foundation of them trying to throw Jesus off of a cliff. It's a narcissistic spirit that was going to cause a woman caught in adultery to be stoned to death. And these men would look at the blood pouring out from him. Look at her dying in her life's blood. And go away in a religious narcissistic spirit thinking they had accomplished the law. But Jesus came. And he started writing in the dirt. I think he was writing the names of what they did with that woman. It took two to tangle and then something. But you see, she was the one that was at fault. She was the one that, you know, uh, <clears throat> was the issue. She was the one to be stoned. 
And the very people that were stoning her were the very people that had sex with her day after day. And he started writing their names in the dirt. And he looked up and there wasn't nobody there. And she said, or Jesus said to her, where's those that condemn you? She said, I see no one that condemned me. There was one that could have condemned her because there was one that was perfect. His name is Jesus, but he's the antithesis of narcissism. He said, I forgive you, but sin no more. Jesus, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't think there's a narcissistic spirit in the church, you're wrong. But we're going to get more and more specific. Now, this is the introduction. You say it's pretty strong for an introduction. It is. But you've got to enter into understanding the signs of the times. You've got to enter in to see what you're up against. You've got to enter in to see what your kids are up against. And equip them accordingly. Jesus. <clears throat> Jezebel was somebody, man, when the prophets, fire come down from heaven. Man, the prophets were slain by the sword of Elijah. And instead of repenting, she made the object, she made the problem Elijah. She was the problem. The prophets of Baal were the problem. Man, there are people in political mm, places. They make you the problem. They make the baby the problem and not the one making a choice to kill it. I want to hear something. Anybody that can pass a law like they did in New York with the governor, that can say you can leave a baby to die, from my understanding, being in the pro-life movement for years, starting a pregnancy center, now there's four of them in our area, and you can not only kill a baby in the womb, but you can even kill it outside the womb. That's a narcissistic spirit because they don't even see the baby. They just see votes. They see what they want to see. They see themselves as God rather than the Most High. They don't see that baby. Man, in Pennsylvania... There's a law that says, man, you have to have a sonogram. And, you, and it was, it was uh, implemented that you might see the baby so you know a, a decision you're going to make. And I'm not condemning the people, really, that have brought, you know, have aborted their, their babies because nine times out of ten, they've been manipulated to do so. We've sent people in, in these clinics. And you know what? They, they, yeah, they do the sonogram. They tell them to look the other way and they never see it. They never see the baby. Man, we have a 52-inch screen so they can see. Mm, picture's worth a thousand words. All right. Cain had a narcissistic spirit. Let's go back to Jezebel. She had not judged to death, man. But I'll tell you what. She caused even Elijah to run, didn't she? And this spirit will try to cause you to run so you don't fight against it. We're going to teach you how to fight against it. If you got the guts through the Holy Ghost to fight. And he will cause you to fight. It will empower you. Whew, all right. Cain had an assistic spirit. 
man, <clears throat> Abel came with a sacrifice of blood. Abel came with a sacrifice representing his own works from his garden. And God said, I don't accept your sacrifice. Repent and enter in. Come to me with blood. We have so many people in the church today taking blood out of hymnals, blood out of their translations in their Bible because it sounds, they say, barbaric, not spiritually correct. I'm here to tell you something. You take the blood out of the Bible, you don't have a message of the gospel. Why do they want to take the blood out? Because they're narcissistic as hell, just like Cain. They want to come to God their way. Because they want to supersede the ways of God. And God came to Cain and said, man, death is, and murder is knocking at your door, man. Repent. And the very next day, he murders Cain. He murders Abel, his brother. Wow. God is warning many of you right now through, through, through this message and saying, you know what? Look at Jesus. Look at the baby. Look at yourself and repent. Because the spirit of narcissism might seem like it gives you your own way. But I'm going to tell you something. Cain was found out and you will be as well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. All right, let's continue. All right, let's look at why narcissism is viable in our society today. We're going to go down and, excuse me, and look at a number of reasons. Nine, actually. A number, here's number, here's, a, here's one. There are so many in the, in the family structure, to be quite honest with you, they do not nurture their children in a way that causes them to pay a price for the endeavors they are engaged in. What I mean by that is this. There are so many parents, man, they leave the nurturing, the, uh, you know, the video games. They leave the nurturing, you, you know what I'm saying, the Fortnite. They leave the nurturing, you know what I'm saying, to a babysitter that ends up abusing them. I'm not saying that, you know, a babysitter's wrong. I'm not saying that some video games and moderation is wrong. What I'm telling you is this. It's your responsibility to equip your child that he's not narcissistic, but he's courageous. He's not, narcissi he's not narcissistic, but he's unselfish. He's not narcissistic, but he becomes a warrior for Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's easier to appease a child than teach him the ways of God. Because it takes time to teach a child. Well, I don't have time because, you know, I'm working from seven to seven. You better make time. Because if you do not engage your child in the primary one of nurturing, somebody else will. And I tell you, they'll give them what they want over and over and over again until they feel entitled to enter into things that are not godly are under the auspices mm, of narcissism. <clears throat> I had a guy, I, I was, uh, a while ago, uh, someone recommended him to be on uh, my board that we started a, a pregnancy center. And I, I just met him for breakfast. And, and you know, he started talking about uh, 
how his wife needed to be more like his mommy. And how, you know, his mommy did this and her mommy did this and his mommy did this. He said, I'm going to tell you something, man. I said, you make me throw up. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but I don't play church. He looked at me. He had a religious spirit. I said, you know what? Your wife's not your mommy. You need to grow up, man, and serve your wife and put her first. Jesus. He said, did I make your board? I said, did you make my board? I said, I wouldn't pick you for a board if you gave me a billion dollars. He went away crying. Thank God he entered into repentance and started to grow up. Glory to God. Not everybody does. Here's something that causes, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> there are men that feel that their wives are second-class citizens. They take scriptures in the, in the Bible, and yeah, there is an, an order of God where, you know, in Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, there's an order. But, but man, and, and a woman, glory to God, in the context of decision-making at times, you know what I'm saying? The, the Bible says be submitted one to another. But there's an order. But there are denominations. Honestly, I would not want to be them when they stand before Jesus. They are narcissistic as hell itself. And they use the Bible. The Bible. To say that the wife can't speak. The wife's second rate. The wife isn't as good as them. The wife can't do this with Jesus. Can I tell you something? I know more women that are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ than I do men. Man, in Mark 14, 3, man, the apostles were in a place, honestly, that they'd make you throw up. They're fighting about who's among the greatest and who's going to do this, and Jesus is getting ready to die. And there was a woman that knew she was going to be ostracized, persecuted. Mark chapter 14, verse 3, Mary came and anointed Jesus, man, and for his death, these men were, God help them. Now, they, every one of them ended up dying for the gospel, pretty much. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said this. This woman has put me first. He's anointed me for burial. When you guys, all you're thinking about is yourself. And wherever the gospel's preached, it will be made known of what she did to me. Why? Because it is the gospel. The idea that you think because you're a man that somehow a woman is subservient to you is no more scriptural than hell itself. And I share scriptures. My God, Philip had four daughters that prophesied. Uh, Priscilla had a, a, a church, my God, in the book of Romans, Priscilla and Aquila. If you knew anything about the times, you never put a, a woman before a man, but she had a teaching anointing. Deborah, man, was a, was a judge in Israel. I could give you a thousand examples. Jesus. I know women that die every day in different countries. I'm from a very missions-oriented church. And many times, the women will sacrifice their lives. And a man will cowardly stand by. Really? I had a man come to me. A, a, a while ago, not that long ago, 
I said, what's your issue? He said, I'll sit here by my pastor. I said, all right. He said, my wife has a vacuum cleaner demon. I said, really? I never heard of that one. He said, yeah. She said, he said, every time I, in the house needs cleaned, she goes towards it, but something else takes place and she doesn't vacuum like she needs to. I said, really? Tell me something about your wife. He said, well, we have seven kids and she homeschools. She has a garden. She has a business. It sounds like the Proverbs 31 lady. She has a business. She makes almost as much money as me. And she takes care of our seven kids. She takes care of the house. She homeschools. I said, really? I said, he, I, I, I believe there is a vacuum cleaner devil. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, but it's in you and not in her. I said, she homeschools. She makes more money than you do. She has a garden that provides food for you. She homeschools seven kids. And she walks with Jesus. I said, you need to be on your hands and knees thanking for the woman of God and you do the vacuuming. Because she does nine times more than you do. He said, well, I never thought of it that way. I said, don't you have a mind? Come on, man. Really? But see, it's things like this. There's men in, in church houses and all over America. Men, some men, 300 pounds, six foot six, and they're beating up their five foot inch, uh, five foot one inch wife due to narcissism. <sighs> Jesus, domestic abuse, narcissistic behavior, sexual abuse, narcissistic behavior. Jesus, come on. Demons are right there. There are literally demons of narcissism. We'll talk more about this. Sometimes what happens, somebody enters into a coping mechanism. For example, maybe they've been sexually abused. A woman can enter into narcissism. And the only way out was to be over-assertive. I'm thinking of somebody, uh, <clears throat> their uh, husband flew the wife up. Because he's about ready to divorce her. I mean, he couldn't take it. She was so controlling. They had two beautiful kids. And uh, came out that she had been abused by a babysitter, I think, when she was seven. I think her, her uh, sister was uh, three. And uh, she felt that whenever she was not in control, something bad was going to happen. And, uh, man, she controlled everything as a coping mechanism and seemed to work for her. It's tough, man, when you're seven and the only way out is to manipulate your circumstances you don't have to be with a perpetrator. But she entered into a narcissistic spirit in the context of controlling everybody and then seeing herself as somebody that could control everybody, needed to control everyone, and then thought she was better than everyone. I said, when you, that experience of abuse came to you when you're seven, trying to protect your sister, I, I said, you entered in a narcissistic, a coping mechanism to survive, and now it's a narcissistic behavior. You know, she got delivered that day. Doesn't happen like that always. She flew back to uh, Atlanta. Her husband said, man, I, I never saw such a change in her. Glory to God. Success. Man, I'll be honest with you. 
Some of the greatest men I know and trustworthy and blessed are businessmen. And some of the very worst are businessmen and businesswomen. That honestly, they feel like they are in a place where, I mean, they're, they're just, you know, they got, a, you know, the corner on the market. I mean, they are just the, the cat's meow, so to speak. They are everything. They're not used to losing to anyone. They are not, they always want to be in control. They want to be seen. They're used to not compromising. Man, I, I, I had a guy years ago, and he'll let me share this, I was on a school board with. And, and he was the most arrogant, egotistical man. He, his life was a mess. And uh, I began to go against him on some votes. He said, man, I expected you to go along with me. I said, well, did I ever tell you that I would? I said, I want to tell you something. You tell me you're a Christian? I said, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to be like you. Your kids don't want to be with you. Your wife doesn't want to be with you. Your employees hate you and they got a reason. And he said, you know what? I, I, I just feel like I'm entitled to be up here and everybody else down there. I said, well, why would you think that? And he said, well, I got beat up every day when I was in third grade on the school bus. I mean, really beat up. This is in back where they didn't have cameras. He said, I always told myself that I'm going to be in control and I'm going to get what I want. And I said, yo, you got what you want, all right. I said, and I told him this, and you might not like me saying this, but I said, you're as narcissistic as hell itself. You're just like the devil who thinks that he's entitled to reign. Mm. Many people are narcissistic because they think that in their narcissism, they can get pleasure. Remember we looked at 2 uh, Timothy 3? Man, they take advantage of people's weaknesses. So they can have sex, you know, outside of marriage. Or they can control their wife. They can watch pornography and then manipulate their wives to, to do what they just saw in, in a pornographic way. They are people that think, you know what? <clears throat> hey, this is what life is. I'm going to enter into the pleasures of this life. By manipulation and control. Mm, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Mm. Many years ago, I, I, I was uh, on, on, on school board in my hometown and I was helping somebody who was on a school board in a nearby town. And uh, they said, you know, we're having uh, a hard time with this one administrator. He's a principal. And I said, all right. So he said, I want, I want you to meet him and just tell me what you think. So I met him under the auspices of helping him with curriculum. I had, uh, now I have a master's degree in education. I also have a master's degree in counseling. And, and uh, I met the man, and honestly, he, he was probably one of the most manipulative, narcissistic men I ever met. And uh, <clears throat> so I started to talk to him. And, uh, and he just opened up and he said, I rule this school. Everybody in this school, from students to teachers, are afraid of me. And I, I didn't say anything. But I told the school board member, I said, he's not only bad news. Because he is so elitist, so narcissistic, so egotistical. He'll do anything to get his way, just so he can fulfill his own lust. Mm. And uh, so I had another uh, time I met this man. 
And, and I just told him. I said, what do I got to lose? You know, he's not. I, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, you are a person of deception. And I said, you're going to fall quicker than you know. I mean, just shortly after that. I mean, he actually stole money from an account that was purposed to have kids go on a field trip to the zoo. I mean, he sold about $7,500. Of course he got found. I don't know what he's thinking. But the bottom line is this. Man, everybody was afraid to challenge him. The teachers were afraid of him. He was a big guy. And you see, narcissism, it thrives on, on a few things. One, intimidation. Second, manipulation. And third, deception. Everybody, see, there was no resistance. I became the resistance. I said, I became the resistance. You need to become the resistance if you see someone's marriage being destroyed. And you need to have someone stand up to the narcissist. Because, again, mm, Jesus, they are intimidators, manipulators, and deceivers. And we're sure how they're in the church. So I, I told this man, I said, you know what? You, you, you rule by, the, you're intimidator. I, I said, you're a manipulator. And I said, you're a deceiver. This is before he got found out. And uh, the bottom line is this. This is how they rule. Th this is how they rule. You, they make you feel that it's your, your, your mistake. This man actually came to the school board and my friend who introduced me to this administrator and said it was their fault because they didn't have proper checks and balances. And he gave this example. He said in New York City, if you're at the airport and you leave your car running uh, and someone jumps in and take it, they're not even criminally liable because you're the one that caused him to do it. How's that for manipulation? Some people bought into it. Well, it's, it's, it's our fault. No checks and balances. Are you serious? He actually had people siding with him because of his, uh, honestly, his manipulation, his deception. And then he actually tried to intimidate them. I'm going to file a lawsuit. I'm going to do this. Go ahead, man. Well, see, he's trying to negate resistance. You've got to be a person. Of resistance. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But so often they make it like it's your fault. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I'm here to tell you this is what you're facing today. Politicians want to rule your life. They want to touch you. They want to control you. It looks like they want to help you. But they only want to help you so you can become dependent on them. So they become subservient to you. It's amazing. I, I, man, like this uh, surgeon I told you about. Man, he pointed out, the husband pointed out her weaknesses. Accentuated the weaknesses that we all have. And, and then tried to define her. One time uh, <clears throat> they had a four-year-old boy and she just uh, grabbed a hold of him a little too harshly. Tried to define her by that. Actually, in court, tried to get uh, a child taken away from her. Thank God I was able to help counsel her. 
with a lawyer and she won because the, the thank God the judge saw through it. Many times they don't. I, I'm talking about real life, folks. I'm talking about the spirits that's in the air. I'm talking about parents that degrade their kids because they're not on the first team. And they won't even go watch the game because their son or daughter, they work, have an amazing work ethic. They're amazing kids, but they sh are ashamed of them because they're not on the first team. Jesus. I'm talking about parents that degrade their kids because they don't meet expectations because they're narcissistic. So at the job site, <clears throat> when one man said, yeah, my honey, our son hit a home run, what'd your son do? Well, well, he, you know, he's not so good. And he says it in a way that he's ashamed of him or her. That's narcissism. Jesus. I I'll give you an example. I'm here to tell you something. You got to understand that there are spirits working in and trying to get you into this spirit either to be narcissistic or to be controlled by narcissism. <clears throat> I had a precious uh, young lady, 26 uh, years old, had a uh, daughter that was, let's see, that was four and a son that was two. Her husband, I'm going to tell you something, was a whore. You say, I thought women, were, were, they're called whores. I think there's more men that are whores than women. And uh, this man, truck driver, and uh, he's sleeping with anybody he can find. She's got a venereal disease from him. And this man is a narcissistic person. <laughs> and uh, he has her convinced it's her fault. He said, I'm just made this way. Accept me as I am. And she comes to my wife and I and says, you know what? I'm the issue. I, might not, I must not be a good enough example as a Christian. I must not be submissive enough. I not, might not be praying for him enough. <coughs> and my wife looked at her and said, I want to tell you something. And I'm all for fighting for your marriage. But my wife looked her right in the eye and said, Honey, I'm going to tell you something. Another year you stay with him. You're going to have AIDS and you're going to be dead. In a number of years. And the Lord has spoken the same thing to me. She said, what if I just do better? That man came in. Jesus came to him. I said, I won't tell you what I said. But I said, you need to repent. Jesus Christ is still here to help you. He laughed at me. He looked right in my face and laughed at me. It was like looking at the devil. He says, I believe my wife will accept me as I am. And I see, believe I said, by the grace of God, I believe your wife is not going to die through you giving her AIDS. He was, uh, she separated from him. Still hoping there was hope. And I said, he's in a, play, a bad place. I mean, just weeks later, <clears throat> he's in jail today. For having sex with numerous underage girls at truck stops. And he still blames her. Jesus. Mm, I said reasons. 
people feel entitled. It becomes the norm. It's not dealt with like we're dealing with it now. There is a spirit of narcissism in the air. <clears throat> it is something, honestly, you know, the, the person that, that does porn, the person that's in adultery, <clears throat> the person that abuses, I'll be honest with you, they're getting something out of it. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin. The narcissist is somebody. If they had the chance and needed to, and, and they could get away with it, they would kill you. I've had several instances doing marriage counseling where a, a man, I, I could sense had a, a spirit of murder on him because narcissism and murder will go together. <clears throat> and I said, this man, if he had a chance, he's going to take you out because they, they both had guns to arrange. He's going to kill you and say it was an accident. I think they had five kids, and I said that so he can get the kids because you're starting to see through him. He's a porn addict. I believe he's an abuser of kids. And he's always trying to get you to shut up under the auspices of being submissive to him as a Christian. I said, there's a spirit of murder on him. And I said, I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I was in counseling. This man came counseling. I said, I just want to talk to you alone. I said, there's a spirit of murder on you. I said, sir, you're so used to getting your way because it's all about you. Man, you would abuse your son just to get back at her because she's going to, she sees what you are. He looked at me and he said, yeah, you're right. Because nobody, is not going to do what I want them to do. She's not going to take money from me and divorce me. I said, and you would kill her if you had the chance, wouldn't you? I said, in your mind, I told her by a word of knowledge. Some of those you might not understand it. Holy Ghost spoke to me just like he spoke to Jesus when Jesus said to the woman at the well, when she said, I don't have a husband. He, he said, yeah, man, you've had five husbands. God, you're living with now is not your husband. This route that you said, you, you know, you're, you don't have a husband. God's I said, you dream every night of killing your wife because you're so narcissistic. You can't stand it when you don't get your own way. He looked me right in the eye and said, you're right. He said, you must be a mind reader. I said, no, I can just smell garbage when it comes my way. You say, well, why don't you just be nice and show the mercy? I will. If he repents, I will. In fact, I told him, as filthy as you are, Jesus Christ is still extending a hand of mercy to you. He looked at me, told me things he did. I had a child line him. And he didn't get caught because it was a he said, she said. I could tell you story after story like this. Christians. But he would have killed her. As, as, as this like the sun comes up. He walked out of my office. And I'm going to tell you something. He was worse than when he came in. 
because he wanted the spirit of narcissism. See, because he thought it gave him success. He, he was used, he was a businessman. <clears throat> he was used to him ruling the roost. And he would do virtually anything to get what he felt that he wanted. You say, man, you're really making a big deal out about this. Yeah, I think Jesus makes a big deal. Didn't we just read 2 Timothy 3, the whole chapter? It's a big deal because it will destroy a person's life in the context of the narcissist himself. And it will destroy mm, the life of the spouse. It will destroy the children. It will destroy the community. It will destroy a nation. And we're going to look at how this happens. I can't tell you how many people. I have one lady, uh, she has a PhD. And uh, her husband has stolen a lot of money from her. And uh, even though she makes good money, he has her on the ropes. It's almost like, you know what, he, he, he got everything signed over to his name and she has such a good heart. And the bottom line is this, he makes her beg for money. I think they have four, uh, they have, uh, I'm sorry, just one kid. I can think of 10 cases like this. And, uh, <clears throat> she, and she feels vulnerable to him. One, she still thinks it's going to work. He's another guy that would kill her if he had the chance. And, uh, and she feels it's her fault that she's in this place. Again, didn't pray enough. Wasn't nice enough. Jesus. Listen to me. This spirit is in the world. This spirit is in the church house. This spirit, again, is the primary spirit that Satan will use in his last days. Let's talk about a few things. <clears throat> One, it will thrive when there is no resistance. Resistance is powerful. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Narcissism thrives. Remember what we said? Intimidation, manipulation, and deception. It will destroy lives. It will offer people anything it can to make that person dependent on them and then it will <coughs> once it brings dependence it will rule over them when you see a narcissistic spirit when there's there's all kind of red flags we don't have time to talk about it now but when that assistant pastor put his hand on that pregnant woman's belly I'm going to tell you something it broke the heart of God because that man's supposed to be representing Jesus. Honestly, it destroyed that woman. Because I'm going to tell you something. It was the hand of a devil. But were there, see, but it's never dealt with. It would never, I'm sorry, it would never have been dealt with unless I had sovereignly God had me see it happen. But usually there's no resistance. There has to be resistance. There has to be resistance. You need to tell that person like my wife did. Honey, you're going to die. She saw in the spirit. And I had a word of knowledge before she said that. I was going to speak, but she spoke it first. 
I saw this precious girl dying of AIDS because she thought it was her fault that he was sleeping with all these girls. He said to me, she will not resist me. She will accept me as I am. We've got to resist this spirit. Jesus. Many times, I, I, I got so much, there's so much in the heart of God. <clears throat> Let me share this uh, scenario. And then we're going to pray a few prayers in, in the context of those who are being victimized and you don't have a way out seemingly because you're so dependent on the perpetrator. Might be your boss. Might be a pastor. Might be uh, a husband or a wife. And then we're going to pray for society. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I, I, there's so much. I, I want to share so much in the heart of God. But in this situation, <clears throat> I was discipling a young man. Uh, years ago, his, his dad was a professor. His mom was uh, actually a, a professor. And, and, this, and this young man, gifted student in high school. But he was somebody that, honestly, his sister was amazing. She received a doctorate. He had a learning disability. And uh, he just, you know, got so frustrated. It's like, why do I have to fight and fight and fight? And seemingly always come up on the wrong end of the stick. And the devil came to him and said, you know what? <clears throat> Even though he's a Christian, you're always going to fail. You're never going to enter into being married. You're never going to enter in to success. You're always going to be seen as second best from your mom and dad. <clears throat> you're always going to be the third man out. And uh, he literally <clears throat> said this to the devil himself. He said, you know what? Jesus doesn't seem to be working. And he said, I, I need, I don't care if it's the devil himself. I need you to help me to be a success. And you know what the devil did? He began to, uh, honestly, he entered into the occult. And he could read people's fortunes for real. And he started to gain money. There's a university nearby and the psychic club invited him to come. And I, I mean, the, the kid could read fortunes, could tell. I, I mean, he could tell the future in the sense he said, you know what? There's going to be fire here, three, a fire three days from now. And I hear sirens. And I, and I finally, I just said, you know what? I break this in Jesus' name. But I said, son, I would rather struggle and have Jesus than to have success through demonic spirits. And uh, I mean, it's crazy, but this kid, after he invited the devil in, he could read a 250-page book like in a few hours and tell you everything in it. He couldn't run a 10-minute mile, he's running a 7-minute mile. But he's becoming more and more narcissistic. You can't Get something from the devil without the devil getting something from you. And the devil was making him narcissistic as you couldn't even have dreamed. It became all about him. <clears throat> He's hurting others through the occult. 
And I, I, I told him, I said, son, this is what I said. I said, I would rather struggle with Jesus than enter in to what you've done with the divining spirit and entering into narcissism. And I said, but Jesus wants to help you. You might not be the smartest in your family. You might not make 100000 a year. But I said, there's no one like Jesus. And he came into my house. And I mean, there are real spirits there. <clears throat> and, and he repented. And he said, I just want Jesus. You know what? Couldn't read a 250-page book in two hours, remember anything in it. Couldn't run a seven-minute mile anymore. Couldn't read anybody's fortune. Didn't make all the money he was making through the fortune telling. But I'll never forget he looked up to Jesus and said, I would rather have you than all the things the devil was telling me I was entitled to apart from you. And he's walking with Jesus today. As we close, I know this is a lot to consume. And we're going to enter into specifics so you're in true freedom. If you're being victimized by someone that's controlling you that's narcissistic, again, it can be a spouse. It can be a mother. It can be a father. It can be a brother, sister. It can be a so-called friend. It could be a boss. Let, I want to pray for three <coughs> situations. One, if you're being victimized, and, and there's red flags. It might be in a church, a, a pastor, touching you in a way they shouldn't, under the auspices of prayer. On someone, a, a woman pastor, she came to me, she said, I'm in sin. I said, what you do? She said, I'm taking advantage of young women in the church. I'm touching in them in ways that I shouldn't touch them as a counselor under the auspices of giving them comfort. But I'm doing it so I can get sexual gratification from them. And I've not had one of these kids, when I say kids in their 20s, resist me. She said, can you help me? I said, yeah, but I want to help those you touched as well. She took a leave of absence from ministry. I, I, I helped every one of those uh, kid, uh, young people that she touched. Mm, Jesus. Every one of them were victimized with no resistance. I want you to understand something. You're not made to be victimized by someone with a narcissistic bent, who, someone who's a narcissist. You see, they're trying to drain you of the life that God's intended you to have so they can be like Jesus, take his place, and they, they might control you, that they might partake of you. There's only one. That, is, that has a, a, a glory to God. There is only one that has a right to touch you. There is only one that has a right to be worshipped by you. There is only one that's a life giver. There is only one that's worthy. And his name is Jesus. You say, man, if I get out of this marriage, I won't have any money. You say, what? Well, you know, what if I, I don't give sexual favor to this boss? I, I'll lose 100,000 bucks. You say, if I stand up for righteousness... And, and, and negate political correctness. I'll lose my position. I'm here to tell you something. I'd rather lose a position than lose my integrity. I receive you by the Spirit of God to see you're being victimized and that Jesus Christ, by His great mercy and grace, is providing you a way out. 
I encourage you to see a, a real Christian counselor. Not one that appeases the perpetrator, but one that causes you to live according to what we're talking about biblically. In discernment, amen, and freedom. And I sense children being victimized by the spirit of narcissism. I wasn't planning on addressing this, but there's many children. The reason they're not walking with Jesus because they've been victimized, taken advantage of from bio parents to foster parents to coaches. Jesus, I receive them being helped in Jesus' name. And as much as I hate the spirit of narcissism, God is still merciful to narcissists. In his mercy, he's reaching out to you and saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Enter in to saying no more. You're on the way the destruction, you're being destroyed right now and you're going to be destroyed for eternity. It's time to enter into the fear of God and renounce this lie that you are God. That you're entitled to this or God really doesn't see it or minimizes it and repent. And third, if you know somebody that's being harmed, maybe a child, by somebody that's intimidating them, Manipulating and deceiving. Taking advantage of their need. In a time of desperation. And an identity crisis. Please. Be a vessel of Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer for each of these. If you're being victimized. Say this with me. Say Jesus help me to see. Help me to see it as it is. Free me. Free me from the demons that would destroy my life, that would degrade me, even punish me for something I've never done and to make it look like it's my fault. Free me, Jesus. Free me now. Second, if you're a perpetrator, right now, you need in repentance. I'm not talking about this cheap grace thing where, you know, yeah, God understands this really. He, he, he understands everything. You've destroyed lives, but he minimizes it in his grace. I want to tell you something. Grace is not an excuse to be a perpetrator. It's the answer so you can be delivered from being a perpetrator. And if you're narcissistic, you're a perpetrator. You need to cry out now by this prayer and say, forgive me. In your mercy, in your mercy, in your mercy, deliver me, Jesus. And help me to enter in the submitting to you. Lastly, if you know of somebody being harmed, not in arrogance, not like you're better than them, like you're a know-it-all, but help somebody, even through this series, to see that they're being harmed, that their children are being harmed. Might be a Boy Scout leader that is taking advantage of your child. Maybe they, you're a single mom, and you're working 10, 12 hours that make ends meet. He's trying to take the place Right of, of a male figure. And he's so narcissistic. He doesn't see your son. He sees an ability to fulfill his lust through your son. If you are seeing red flags, get someone to help you, a counselor, a real pastor. 
If that's you, just say, Lord Jesus, help me. To let you help me. Help me to let you help me. Help me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that this is strong. It's something that's not taught because people don't want to deal with this. But Lord God, in the last days, it's the primary strategy of the devil. What is the main character trait of the devil? He's a narcissist. He's egotistical, elitist. He's a destroyer. And he wants unbelievers and even those in the church to just be like him. Jesus has called you to be conformed in the image of himself. The devil wants you to be conformed to his image and to be like him. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something. The devil is your father. You got his nature. What better time than this? Just say with me right now, Lord Jesus, I want to be like Father God through the blood that his son shed for me. I forsake my righteousness. I forsake my knowing better than you. And I submit myself to the blood. I don't want to be like Cain. I want to be like Abel, whose blood still speaks. But the blood of Jesus speaks more. I give my heart to you in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise that you're raising up a standard against the strategies of the devil. The strategy of narcissism, of egotisticalness, elitism, intimidation, manipulation, and deception. Through the truth and the glory of your son. We give you praise, glory, and honor. All of it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.